You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast, featured on allhabs.net, brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged and entertained. We are so glad you're here with us this week. Uh, Surprise, surprise. uh, I'm sitting in today for Michael Spinella uh, while he is out and about, uh, otherwise occupied this week. So uh, my name is Amy Johnson. I'll be your host for the next hour. And uh, this is episode 204 of the Canadians Connection podcast. And I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, who is also our editor-in-chief, founder, and president of Rocket Sports. He's the one and only Rick Stevens. How are you doing today? Welcome back. Why, thank good you. Good to have you back. I'm doing well. It's Hockey's good. back. Hockey, well, like it like it never left, but <laughs> hockey's back. Game for, on. For a little bit. Yeah. For a little bit. World it's, juniors are on. It's a little weird to be, you know, in the middle of the afternoon. Oh, there's hockey on. Let's flip that on while That's I'm right. doing some things. It's been great. Yeah. Hockey on, World Juniors. I got a note from our dear colleague, Chris G, that he's attending his first game, a uh, preseason game, uh, the Midget AAA Lac St. Louis Lions. Wow. Um, yeah. It's, they're playing Gatineau. Gatineau, it'll come to me. The Intrepid, I think they are. Uh, but on the Lac St. Louis uh, team, there is 14-year-old <laughs> Bo Damfus. He's ah. uh, yeah, he's a 14-year-old defenseman, son of Vincent Damfus. I was say, that's a notorious name. I told Chris that uh, I mean, watch the players, see see how they they measure up, especially Damfus. But it's it's a midget triple A game, so uh, to, to be taking a look at the benches because the yeah, next us- Montreal Canadiens coach might be coming <laughs> from uh, the Lac Saint Louis or the Gatineau team. And you know, uh, take notes for any tips that of of coaching uh, philosophies um, because those will obviously, <laughs> you know, as. Martin St. Louis and Stefan Robidoux both have said that, you know, basically, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's the same. Hockey is hockey. Yeah. yeah. So, um, we kid, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's fun, but no, no, actually I'm not kidding, but, but all right. <laughs> Uh, We have a great uh, show for you today. Lots to talk about. And uh, we get to hear from some of you, which is which is always fun. Um, 
I always say it's my favorite segment on uh, our YouTube show, Habs Hockey Report, the the fan uh, the fan interaction, and we're going to get to do quite a bit of that today. Uh, but before we get there, in the first segment, we're going to get you caught up on all of the latest Montreal Canadiens news, headlines, roster updates. We're going to give you a bit of a, a peek at how the Habs prospects are doing, whether it's uh, Laval Rocket news, Trois Rivières Lions news, or World Juniors news. Uh, we're going to hear from new Montreal Canadian Evgeny Dadanoff uh, here in just a little bit and then get you caught up on some other headlines just happening in in and around the NHL uh, during what is typically a pretty quiet month in terms of hockey news, but still some headlines to discuss. Uh, before we get to the second segment and our big topic where we open up the All Habs mailbag, mm. we're going to talk about uh, we're, we're going to take uh, comments and questions that uh, our listeners and readers have sent in uh, recently, and we're going to, you know, Rick and I are going to discuss them, react to them, answer some questions, uh, things like Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to be in there, Jake Allen, uh, developing prospects, things, all all sorts of things, plus, plus some fun, some fun questions as well. So it's going to be a really, uh, a really entertaining segment, second segment, and we really enjoy the opportunity to get to... Um, make you, our listeners and our readers, uh, a part of the show. So that's going to be fun coming up in the second segment. Uh, and then we'll, of course, wrap things up in segment three uh, with a question of the week uh, for you to answer, as well as uh, getting you caught up on any content around all of our Rocket Sports platforms that you might have missed this last week. Uh, and uh, some information on how you can get involved with us here at Rocket Sports Media. So lots to talk about today. Great show. Lots to talk about. Don't forget... Um, and, uh, you know, today is a perfect example of the fact that this is an interactive podcast and that you can text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line at 585-3ROCKET. In fact, some of the questions or comments that we're going to get to today came from the Rocket mm-hmm. Sports text line. So send in anytime, 24-7, your questions, your comments, your feedback. Uh, 585-3ROCKET is the place to do that. You can also, uh, if you, if you want to reach us via social media, you can do that. Uh, by replying to or tagging and following at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And of course, you can visit our website at canadiansconnection.com if you missed any of our past uh, episodes, which uh, today you might discover that you missed uh, one that you want to go back and listen to because we're going we're gonna to reference some of those a little bit. Uh, kicking things off, uh, just as far as interesting headlines for the Canadians in the in the last week or so, um, wedding bells were ringing. It is the summertime, you know. Lots of players have vacations and family events and so forth planned in the summer, but weddings are always popular with the with the players as well. And uh, Canadians forward Yoel Armia getting married in Finland to his sweetheart Amelia Harjunen. Uh, and uh, the Canadians had a, had a lovely photograph from their wedding uh, posted, uh, shared on, on Twitter, and, and the happy couple just looked beautiful. They do. And and uh, on Amelia's um, uh, Instagram page, it's kind of a, uh, just kind of captured uh, Yoel kissing her on the forehead. Uh, real special day. And of course, this goes back to, we remember that Yoel Armia left the Canadians towards the end of April, um, and missed the last few games of the season because he had family, a family matter to attend to. Um, we found out and we reported on this podcast early in May 
that their daughter was was born, their first daughter. They already had they already had a puppy, a two year old <laughs> named Otso, uh, and they added to the family with uh, baby Emma. Um, and she was born on April 29th, and uh, now in uh, Pori, Finland, they had their uh, wedding. Uh, Joel and uh, Amelia, congratulations to both of them. Absolutely. Uh, for news like that uh, surrounding the Habs or the Laval Rocket or the Trois Rivières Lions, you want to check out allhabs.net uh, every week. Chris G has a Habs notepad article that sum up sums up all the latest Habs news that comes out every Monday. And uh, particularly once news starts ramping up, uh, you know, in September and throughout the hockey season, then you'll also find um, Tuesday through Friday, you'll find a, a pretty regular Habs headlines post uh, giving you your daily dose of what the latest Habs news is. So be sure you bookmark allhabs.net so that you never miss any of that. Yuri Slavkovsky uh, making headlines once again this week, um, as he was. You know, it's it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty been a pretty exciting summer for Yuri Slavkovsky already, um, and a pretty exciting year to to be honest. Uh, and his play, you know, it's it's one of those occasions where his his massive popularity is not just uh, necessarily all hype. <laughs> Sometimes you get that with players where they're massively popular, but but it's it's more for their personality or something like that. And don't get me wrong, Yuri Slavkovsky's got a great personality, but he was uh, he was acknowledged at an awards gala in Slovakia on Thursday night, walking away with three awards. Named the best forward, which is the Joseph Galanka Award. He was named the best player under 20, the Pavel Dimitro Award. And he was named the Slovak Player of the Year, which is pretty tremendous. Uh, All three accolades, really, 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 really great. Um, But to be named the Slovak Player of the Year is pretty special. uh, In the Slovak uh, press, it said um, his father had to help him with the trophies. Uh, but he took care of the Player of the Year award himself. <laughs> he walked out of there, which was great. Uh, and a very unexpected award uh, for him uh, that he talked about later. Um, this is this is this is a big deal. Um, the Slovak Ice Hockey Federation puts this on every year. Um, they have a fancy gala event in the Bratislava Castle. Um, and the under 20 player of the year. Okay. We can, we can get that best forward. Okay. Uh, but best Slovak player that includes all, uh, players, uh, all Slovak players playing around the world, playing in the, uh, NHL. So the, the past winners have included Eric Chernak, um, Zdeno Chero won it a bunch of times as did Marion Hossa. So, so for a young player who hasn't yet stepped into the NHL, um, yet, uh, this was, this was a big deal. Um, and, and they go through and they, there was also a goaltender of the year, defenseman of the year. Uh, interestingly enough, they, they named the referee of the year. I like it. I like it too. Um, you know, I know that Gary Batman likes the guys to be the referees to be anonymous and not part of the game. And they took the names off the back of the jerseys and there's just numbers, but why not recognize good work? Um, for we, as often as we talk about their bad work. <laughs> well, exactly. Um, so I thought it was a, a, a nice little idea. Um, 
they named two legends um, of Slovak hockey to the uh, Slovak Hall of Fame, and uh, they were Peter Bondra and Ziggy Palfi. Um, and uh, Slavkovsky said, okay, of the two, if you had the chance, who would you like to play with? And he said, both. Uh, me in the center, the two of them would play the wing. That would be great, was his <laughs> quote. He says, I, 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 I dismiss your regulations, and I'll just answer the way I want to. So he uh, has been uh, working hard uh, in in uh, on his fitness. He's been working hard with a skill specialist on the ice in Slovakia. If you go to the All Habs Facebook page, facebook.com slash All Habs, uh, there's a real there's a clip we posted this week of uh, of some of his moves and and working out in Slovakia, um, and, uh, and he's got the Canadians pants on. Um, but he said that he had, uh, he had to wait for the awards cer- ceremony, but that he is flying, uh, to Montreal this coming week. Uh, and then he'll, um, he'll stay until, till camp. Uh, and hopefully that means that, uh, um, he will be making the team. And, uh, so just, a a great event, um, to, to cap off, uh, an amazing season, and now is when the real work begins for him. Absolutely. Uh, so, yes, it's going to be uh, training camps will be here before you know it, and and we'll soon, within a matter of weeks, uh, really get a, a good idea as to whether or not Slavkovsky will make that opening night roster. One person, just to add to that, one person that is hoping um, that Slavkovsky will be on the roster uh, and he spoke this week, and that was Alex Burroughs. Um, and we, we know Alex Burroughs, assistant coach, in charge of the power play. Power play's been dreadful. The power play was good for about a week yeah. after Burroughs. He had one idea, it worked, and then, and then the teams adjusted. It's been dreadful after that. Alex Burroughs said he really wants Slavkovsky to make the team and said, if he does, I want him on the power play. Obviously, well, yeah. obviously. Uh, <laughs> uh, so he's he's lobbying for um, uh, right to make the team. Well, seeing as he's the coach on the bench with the most tenure as a coach in general, <laughs> that's, I that's th- true. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm I'm going to beat this horse even after it's dead. Um, so yes, if if you're excited about the prospect of Yuri Slavkovsky making the opening night roster and are wondering when can I get my hands on tickets because I want to see him play, well, uh, single game tickets for the Montreal Canadiens have officially been announced that they will go on sale September 6th. We get lots of uh, questions, particularly on on our Facebook page um, and to uh, to the Rocket Sports text line that you mentioned earlier five eight five three Rocket. When can I buy tickets? Single game tickets. I can't do the uh, the mini packs. I can't do the season game uh, the, uh, the season tickets. When can I buy season? Uh, when can I buy single tickets? And that comes on September six. We're also going to have. We'll talk to you as it gets um, closer, but we'll have a secondary market uh, recommendation for recommendation for you with respect to tickets too. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, what about prospects? Let's check in with a Habs prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. 
We wondered out loud recently um, on the press zone and I believe uh, even here as well uh, as to whether or not since uh, Daniel Harvey was promoted from Laval as their video coach last season uh, to now taking over the video coach uh, position for the Montreal Canadiens, uh, we had wondered out loud, would Laval now refill that position at the AHL level or would they revert unfortunately to how it used to work for years and years and years and years and years which was goaltending coach Marco Marciano would also play double duty as a video coach which it's really two full-time positions so asking one person to do that is is a real yeoman's task to do and our uh, our an- the question's been answered uh, this this week is all about answering questions. We had a question and it was answered this week. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, Laval did fill that role with a new hire, uh, hiring Charles Janot as their new video coach. Um, from 2014 to 2020, I like this hire. Uh, I'm not sure what he's done for the last couple of years uh, since 2020 during the pandemic and so forth, but... Um, from 2014 to 2020, Charles uh, Charles Junot served as an assistant coach for the Ramuski Oceanic in the QMJHL. Um, would have actually been serving as an assistant coach for at least a couple of years there under Donald, Donald Dufresne, who was formerly an assistant coach for the Laval Rocket and uh, the St. John's Icecaps. Um, and, you know, I, I, I like this, Rick, because we've talked... You know, when we've talked about Marty St. Louis, when we've talked about uh, Stefan Robida and so on and so forth, we talk about that natural development progression through the lower leagues and up through the AHL and so forth, not just of players, but also of, you know, equipment staff or training staff or officials and coaches. And uh, this is a really nice progression. Someone who spent a, a good amount of time as an assistant coach behind the bench in, in junior hockey uh, for a competitive team like Ramuski and now steps up to the AHL level as a video coach. Um, and, and so I think, that kind of expertise from the assistant coaching position in 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 the queue will translate nicely into a video coaching position in the AHL and being able to communicate well with young players and prospects uh, as as he cuts video for them and the coaches. Slow natural progression, um, you know, um, earning earning your your next promotion. Um, and if you want, uh, you mentioned him being an assistant coach in Ramuski. You want a mentor. Uh, there's no better than Donald Dufresne. No, known as Doe. We know we know knew him quite well, um, an a, accomplished NHL defenseman. Uh, but his nickname was uh, or is the Professor uh, mm-hmm. because he's an excellent teacher and he's an excellent teacher of young players. Uh, but I'm certain that would also apply to young coaching staff. So um, he's 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 earned uh, uh, Charles has earned uh, his promotion and uh, and and good to see that that uh, Laval has chosen wisely there. Absolutely, and yet again. We see now, even more so, the amount of experience behind the bench in Laval. You, we've already we've talked before about um, JFL extensive AHL coaching experience, other coaching experience. Uh, Kelly Buckberger, um, Martin Laperriere, Marco Marciano, all with extensive coaching 15, experience. 20 years each. Each, and now you've got a a a decently experienced video coach as well. Um, 
the 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 coaching staff at the AHL level and NHL level for the Montreal Canadiens organization now is literally like night and day. Um, it'll be in and and we saw. I mean, this past season for Laval was the first season that this coaching staff was together, and they took that team to the conference final. Um, I I would say experience played a played a hand in that. Uh, so it's uh, it's it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting kind of juxtaposition between the two uh, between the two franchises. That's for sure. And if you want your experienced, I guess if you want your experienced uh, teaching staff, as it were, um, and and your focus is on development. We talked about um, you know Marty Saint Louis is spreading the message, Stefan Robida, that it's all about development. It's all about it, uh, intentions, not results. That was the quote. Um, Alex Burroughs, I mentioned him just a minute ago, he uh, reinforced that this week when he was interviewed. He said there's a new vision. There, There's a new team philosophy with Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes. Development uh, plans are being put in place. Uh, so if, if a lot of the development, a lot of the teaching is going to go on at the AHL level, uh, it's good to have uh, so much experience there. It's interesting uh, it was pointed out, uh, I think it was RDS that pointed it out, that the Montreal Canadiens and the St. Louis Blues are the only two teams in the NHL that at the NHL level specifically rely on only former players uh, on their coaching staff. And of course, we've said it over and over again that the Canadians are by far and away the, the, have the coaching staff with the least experience, but relying all on, on former players. So that's, that's very interesting. Um, but it's, it's something that, that uh, Gorton and Hughes are trying to build. Um, and, and Burroughs again, his quote was, that it's a development culture. It's about developing uh, a culture for long-term success, um, that there's a process for development and it has to be carried out through each uh, part of the organization that would apply to the AHL and apply to the NHL too. Very, very interesting. I imagine the, at some at some level, it's also applied at the ECHL level, the Trois-Rivières Lions, um, and they had uh, some news this week for their roster. They signed, uh, they had a signing, and they and they had an acquisition. They signed forward Nicholas Guy to a one-year contract, uh, and they also acquired forward Pierre-Rick Dubay from the Wheeling Nailers for what else in the ECHL? Oh, future considerations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there was a trade in the Canadians organization there this was, week. There was, there um, was. Outside of pro hockey, we're looking at Canadians prospects ca- uh, competing currently at the 2022 World Junior Championship. Um, we'll just give you kind of a quick uh, snapshot of how it looks right at this moment because there's more games that are going to take place even today uh, on the day that that this podcast is coming out so uh, these points are going to change but just going down the list quickly for team Czechia Jan Mishak of course captaining that team I have to say Jan Mishak is probably of the five Habs prospects who are playing in this tournament Jan Mishak is the one who's impressing me the most so far absolute standout so far in this uh, in this tournament yes no question he's been the best Habs prospect in the World Juniors. And I am greatly looking forward to seeing him back in a Laval Rocket uniform. Uh, liked his appearance there a, a season and a half ago during the during the pandemic. Can't wait to see him there uh, 
this fall, but in his two games played so far, uh, he's got three goals and an assist in his 23, about 23 minutes of ice time. 23 minutes a game. He's <laughs> averaging. Uh, incredible for a forward. Absolutely. Uh, team he's wearing the C as well, as as we said last week. That's right. Um Team Finland, uh, Team Finland and Team Czechia had a had a bit of a grudge match uh, with with Finland actually coming out in the shootout. Uh, Oliver Kapanen and Terry Nermi participating in both of those games, averaging uh, 14 minutes and 17 minutes uh, per game, respectively. Neither one of them has gotten on the score sheet, though. Uh, no assists, no no goals for either one of them, but but they are contributing uh, on, on the roster. Kapanen was, uh, he was talked about on the broadcast and, and they talked about his compete level. And uh, the example that they used was uh, him doing everything possible uh, to win a faceoff. Uh, so he's uh, garnering some attention. Nurmi is uh, playing on the first pairing for Finland and playing beside a, uh, let's say, a more talented prospect in Topi Niemela. Um, a, a Maple Leafs prospect, but he is he is the stabilizer. He is the one who uh, he's the anchor uh, back there. Uh, he says that he plays a, a simple game. He says, "I'm here to help Topi." He's obviously much more talented. A very a very humble guy, uh, but the coach has put him there uh, to say that uh, you know, with with uh, Nimala who who moves the puck, you need someone. Uh, to uh, stabilize uh, that back end, and that's that's the job of of Nurmi. And and the coach said, uh, the Finnish coach said, he just doesn't make any big mistakes. Um, he's very reliable for us. So um, really nice uh, start to his his junior tournament. For Team Canada, there are also two prospects playing there, Joshua Waugh and Riley Kidney. Um, Kidney's actually only played in one game as the 13th forward, so he's only had about four minutes of ice time. Uh, didn't get any points there. Uh, so waiting, t- really difficult to really assess how he's playing because he just hasn't hasn't really had the ice time yet. Uh, Joshua Waugh, on the other hand, playing in both games on the top line with Connor Bedard and Mason McTavish, which, I mean, that's uh, two big names to be on a top line with. Um, and and so that also means that being on that top line with, a, with Connor Bedard and Mason McTavish, who had a four-goal night the other night, uh, means he's going to collect some points as well. He's got a goal and four assists. Um, and Rick, it's kind of, you know... Obviously, he's obviously on that line for a reason. Uh, so it's it's certainly not that he can't keep up with with those two. But I think it's also one of those uh, one of those situations where uh, you can also see the areas that Joshua Waugh is going to need to focus on uh, in in improving some of his his weaknesses on the game as well. Now he's yeah he's uh, tallied five points and uh, but has been and sounds kind of silly to say he's been underperforming that's that that's true uh, they they feasted uh, on Slovakia with the eleven goal. Uh, game, uh, but Joshua Watt, yes, he was gifted a spot, uh, a prime spot on that top line with McTavish and Bedard. Um, but you know, as they said on the the broadcast, he's not, he's not, he doesn't look comfortable. He's not fitting in. They, those two, obviously had incredible chemistry. Watt yeah. not fitting into the style. 
uh, of play. And in fact, um, he said, um, I think playing with Bedard and McTavish changes my style. I was more of a grinder on the line. Uh, so they're the shooters, uh, and he was forced to go to the front of the net, and, and, and he just didn't look comfortable. As well, he did look a little uh, a step behind, and, and uh, um, last week, uh, if you listen to the podcast, we had, a, uh, we had played a, a clip from Joshua Y, and he said that the Canadians want him to work on his conditioning. Uh, that he's uh, that he needs to improve there, and I, I think that's been evidenced at the tournament. Uh, they also Canadians want him to learn to play without the puck in all three zones, and, and that's fair. Um, so you saw in this game that there wasn't a natural. Uh, mesh. So Team Canada um, head coach Dave Cameron, you know, you're up uh, um, um, however... A hefty uh, amount. Yeah, a hefty <laughs> amount. Uh, and uh, at the end of the second period, uh, uh, Joshua Waugh was, okay, let's call it demoted to the second line, but uh, still with a good pairing. Um, they promoted uh, Brendan Othman uh, to the first line and put Waugh with, uh, to the left of William DeFore and, and Zach Optichuk, um, and he looked much better. Actually, he 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 looked much better, and he got his first goal uh, of the tournament uh, in the third period. So we'll see how, as the tournament goes on, where he ends up. He said that he has good chemistry with the four and and likes playing with them off the ice. They're good buddies. Um, so I think he feels much more comfortable in that second line spot. Uh, we'll we'll see how it goes from. from as the tournament progresses. Absolutely. So, of course, as always, for all of your Laval Rocket news and Habs Prospects news, be sure that you uh, bookmark and read the content at ahlreport.com. And, of course, listen and subscribe to our sister podcast hosted by myself and Rick Stevens every Tuesday on the AHL Report. Uh, And that is the Press Zone podcast. You can find that at thepresszone.fm. Um, we did say this week is all about questions and answers. Uh, we had a question that just got answered in the last segment. Uh, then there was a new Montreal Canadian Evgeny Dadanoff this week, uh, answering fans questions, uh, courtesy of the Montreal Canadians. And they put out a, a pretty adorable, uh, video compilation of Dadanoff, uh, reading and then answering uh, some fans' questions. And uh, here's just a little excerpt of that. I'm Evgeny Dadanov. I'm going to answer the fans' questions. What's one thing that made you want to come to Montreal given your no-trade clause? I never put Montreal on my trade list, <laughs> non-trade, no-trade list team, so I'm always happy to play here. <laughs> Can we call you Big Daddy Dadanov? Yeah, for sure. Uh, thank you. Thank you, fans, for all the questions. <laughs> <laughs> Adorable. Uh, it really is. He, he may become a new fan favorite. And uh, a little mixture in the questions, uh, as you said, that just an excerpt. But um, talking about Canadians not on his uh, no-trade list, uh, he was happy to come to the Canadians. Uh, had he tried uh, Putin, uh, that's answered in there. Um, and he was also asked... Who was the, the first Canadian to reach out f- to you? Um, the name he said, 
Joel Edmondson. And mm. that's been a common thread throughout that Joel Edmondson is a real leader behind the scenes. And, um, and we'll be talking about uh, the, the naming of a new Canadians captain. And, and Joel Edmondson is, a, is certainly a, a name that, uh, that you might consider there. Um, and, and the last about, uh, about his nickname. And listen, it for, it's just, it's, if Genny is gone, it is now just big daddy dad enough. <laughs> and it cracked it, the look on his face. He chuckles and he, he, he literally thinks about it for a second. Then he's like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. He's yeah. amused. Yeah. He, you he, can he, call me that. Yeah, yeah. He likes it. <laughs> I like it too. It's, it's pretty tremendous. Uh, elsewhere around the NHL, we've got some a few quick headlines for you. Uh, former Habs prospect and Laval defenseman Josh Brook, uh, it is official. The writing was on the wall. We knew, you know, he was a pending RFA this summer, wasn't qualified by uh, by the Montreal Canadiens, so it was uh, pretty obvious that they would not be. Uh, re-signing him uh, as uh, a UFA either. And sure enough, the Calgary Flames have swooped in. They not only signed him to a PTO, but then their brand new AHL affiliate, the Calgary Wranglers. Oh, we like that name. We do. In fact, uh, you should listen to this past week's episode of the Press Home podcast. We had Patrick Williams on and we, the three of us talked in depth about the new Calgary Wranglers. Uh, but the Calgary Wranglers uh, have also signed Brooke to a one-year AHL contract so he's kind of getting uh getting some attention from the nhl and the ahl franchise but a fresh start for josh brooke out west uh and uh it's that's that's good news for him we wish him well he um you know he he was a highly touted uh defensive prospect injuries played a role uh and he kind of fell down the depth chart um needs a needs a fresh start and and glad that he'll get it with calgary uh, the Florida Panthers announcing their full new coaching staff. You'll remember that uh, Paul Maurice, uh, former Winnipeg Jets head coach, uh, had been hired to uh, be the bench boss in Florida. And he finally announced who the rest of his assistant coaches were going to be. And there's one very familiar name on that list for Montreal Canadiens fans and media members. And that is one Sylvain Lefebvre uh, making, uh, making a return to NHL coaching as an assistant coach under Paul Maurice. Uh, I, think it's a, I think it's a smart hire. And uh, I'm very excited for, for Sly, uh, you know, Florida, Florida had a good team last year um, and just looking to build on that this year under a new coaching staff and head coach. I think it's going to be pretty exciting. Yeah, they had the best team um, uh, in in their in the regular season. Paul Maurice comes in. You said it's a smart hire. He's a smart coach. Yes, he is. Uh, so knows what to look for uh, when building his uh, team. You have Sylvain Lefebvre. Uh, NHL experience, AHL experience, uh, a Stanley Cup winner. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I, I don't expect people to, to, we, we can talk about this maybe at our, our next, uh, uh, uh mailbag, uh, but Sylvain Lefebvre, the, the team that he put together, Sylvain Lefebvre, Donald Dufresne, who we mentioned earlier, Nick Carrier, uh, the best development AHL, uh, coaching staff so far. We'll, we'll see how it pans out with the, uh, the current folks. Um, but as far as what they were, as far as being teachers, uh, they were the best I've seen in the Canadians or organization. And, uh, that's, that's a smart hire. But I thought we were supposed to measure development success as to whether or not the AHL team made the playoffs or not. 
Well, uh, no, because <laughs> uh, remember what uh, Jeff Wool said, there's no development in the playoffs. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, last week here on the show, you and Michael got to talk about um, a, a quote from Max Pacioretty after he made an appearance on Chris Nyland's uh, show uh, after he had been... Uh, Traded to the Carolina Hurricanes. Well, he's in headlines again this week because, ugh, talk about bad luck for the Canes and for Max Pacioretty. Uh, he is going to have surgery to repair a torn Achilles. He's expected to be out for about six months. Cringe just hearing you say that. Mm-hmm. Um, t- it's a tough break for Max. Um, yeah. and uh, But... Uh, the the Canes, who will be a strong team uh, this year for sure, and are picked by many to uh, be one of the Stanley Cup final finalists. Um, they will have him uh, as scheduled now back for the playoffs, and that would be a big boost to the offense of the Carolina Hurricanes. Absolutely, it is that time of year where you know. It's one thing when there were injuries at the beginning of the offseason and and you could build the the length of time over the summer into the rehab time for for players. Uh, It's another thing altogether when injuries crop up in the middle of August uh, and and make uh, really kind of make the pain of it felt uh, in a much different way. Golden Knights goaltender Robin Leonard now expected to miss the entire 2022-23 season. Uh, because it has been determined that he's going to need hip surgery. Um, and boy, what a blow for the Vegas Golden Knights. And I'm sure for Robin Leonard as well, That's that's got to be a tough pill to swallow to, to now be uh, about to miss an entire season. He had a, a difficult season last year, uh, battling numerous injuries. He had shoulder surgery last April, but now this is... This is a big blow um, and and uh, t- really tough uh, to be out an entire season, uh, and that's what will happen uh, this year. Now that puts uh, Vegas in a in a difficult position. Um, do they go shopping for a goaltender? They have a uh, veteran in Laurent Brossard played with uh, the Jets, but he also had hip surgery, so his return is uh, kind of unknown. Uh, Logan Thompson, who is a very good, who was had a great season in the AHL, uh, but he's only played 20 NHL uh, games in his career. He's 25 years old, so he has some uh, experience. But uh, do you want to rest all, you know, the the entire season with him, uh, or do uh, the Vegas Golden Knights? You know, they're an aggressive team. Do they go out and pursue uh, Simeon Varlamov uh, from uh, the New York Islanders, Islanders with Sorokin ensconced as the number one and and that $5 million contract? Not that the Islanders really need the cap space, but they have Varlamov sitting there. Um, John Gibson has has been talked about as as a possible trade uh, from the Ducks. James Reimer from the Sharks. And... And next segment... Jake We're going to talk about this a little bit because it could apply to the Montreal Canadiens as well. Uh, just another uh, Canadians connection, as it were, uh, with Leonard on LTIR. Remember that that Kent Hughes traded Shea Weber's contract to uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. So uh, Vegas has uh, on they will have on LTIR a lot of money almost 13 million dollars uh, so that's the amount that they will be able to exceed the cap by 
uh, their limit, their cap limit, rather than the 82.5 uh, that other teams have, will be in the neighborhood of 95.3. Uh, this coming season, so they got they mm. should have plenty of uh, cap flexibility to go out and uh, find a solution. Do they want Jonathan Duran as well? <laughs> well, if you go to <laughs> go to the Facebook fa- page, facebook dot com slash all habs. Uh, Chris G put out a post this week about uh, both Jake Allen and uh, Jonathan Duran declaring that they're ready for the season. Mm-hmm. The comments to that uh, are all about <laughs> Jonathan Duran, and, and uh, you want to read them or, or uh, add yours to it? Yeah, go check that out, facebook.com slash allhabs. All right, well, we are going to talk about Jake Allen and a lot more in the next segment as we open up the All Habs mailbag and pull out your questions and comments from our text line, from our email, from our, you know, social media feeds. Next segment, we're going to get to all of the topics that you've been asking about. We're going to react to them and answer them uh, right here on the show. You're not going to want to miss it. First and foremost, however, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors over at DraftKings. So don't go anywhere. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can feel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right, make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I am Amy Johnson. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, if you're not following me there already, you can find me at Flyers Rule. Uh, with me in the studio, of course, is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. If you're not already following him, well, just shame on you. Come on now. Get with the program uh, and head over to Twitter. Follow him at All Habs. Uh, And also, while you're there, you can follow at Habs Connection. That's this podcast's Twitter account. Uh, You can also follow at Habs Connection on Facebook and Instagram as well. And also visit our website, CanadiansConnection.com. Just remind uh, yourself at some point, or even just do it right now, to subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player that you're listening to this podcast on, or just your favorite podcast app in general. Uh, whether it's Apple Music, whether it's uh, Google Music, whether it's Spotify, um, you name it, uh, just be sure you subscribe. 
And so we are on to the big topic this week, which is the All Habs mailbag. We're li- answering answering listener questions. We're reacting to your comments about the Ma- Montreal Canadiens. Uh, you know, Rick, after a difficult season last year, but then a, a really entertaining and suspenseful and energetic and and successful draft, uh, it really looks like the general consensus from the fan base is that hope has been restored and that there's a, a, a renewed excitement and anticipation for the season ahead. Um, and so with that comes a lot of questions um, about a lot of different topics. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois has been, uh, you know, the, the potential trade of Pierre-Luc Dubois and, and the possibility of him coming to Montreal uh, has been has been one of the things. We talked a little bit about... Um, you know, Jake Allen's future, and particularly now with the news coming out of Vegas, if that changes anything, we've, we know, uh, prospects are a big focus for the upcoming season. And so what that new development culture and philosophy within the organization really is going to mean for developing those prospects, um, even predictions for next season and things like that. So kind of soup to nuts, there's all sorts of things that you, our all Habs and Rocket Sports uh, fans and readers and listeners have have written in about uh, via our text line or via our uh, allhabs.net email account, so on and so forth. And so we're going to get to some of those right now and uh, kind of give you our thoughts and, and give you some answers. Um, so let's start actually with that Pierre-Luc Dubois trade potential. Um, Gilles from North Hatley, Quebec says, What's taking so long for the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade? It's simple. PLD doesn't want to play in Winnipeg, and the Habs have wanted him since draft year. Jets will blink first, which, uh, nice job, Gilles. That's a that's a tip of the hat to the name of that week's podcast. <laughs> it is. That was uh, episode 201. Uh, that was who will blink on Dubois. That That's was right. that was uh, our whole focus <laughs> that podcast and and so uh, he's he's answered quite clearly right there. He really has. Um, and he says, you know, the Jets are going to blink first. Um, I know, Rick, you've talked about how uh, Winnipeg has a tendency. Chevaldeoff is not it, it plays the patient game and plays the long game very well. Um, and so it is a question of whether or not, um, you know, he's going to go ahead and pull the trigger sooner rather than later. Or is he going to do what he's done in the past when it's a, a Truba or, you know, a Lina or something like that and really wait until it is the perfect opportunity and the most benefit to Chevel Day off and the Winnipeg Jets? We have, um, yeah, in, in that podcast, we, we kind of went through the the different moves uh, he's been put in uh, Kevin Cheveldayoff uh, the GM of of the Jets has been put in difficult positions before um and he's just waited things out some uh, Jets fans might say he's waited too long um but in each case he was able to uh get a pretty good return uh for a player who's declared that uh, he wanted out uh so um, you know, Gilles, Gilles is correct. Um, uh, Dubois had, in his press conference, and we played some clips from it, kind of uh, uh, said, oh, no, this is all a media controversy. But he, he has, through his agent, said that he would like 
uh, to play for Montreal at some point. Um, and the Canadians have had, uh, it's absolutely correct in his question, the Canadians have had um, uh, interest, a strong interest and, and almost begging interest by Marc Bergevin, Bergevin uh, since uh, the Columbus uh, Blue Jackets tra- uh, uh, tra- drafted him. Um, but what's taking so long, I think it is the fact that Kevin Shovel Dayoff uh, is uh, d- doesn't have any pressure right now. No, very little pressure. Uh, they 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 qualified him. They signed uh, Pierre Luc Dubois signed his qualifying offer. It's a one year, six million dollar deal. Um, I don't I don't think that the Jets really have. I think they want to try once again. Uh, they've got their their top two centers um, in in Shifley and and Pierre Luc Dubois. They want to give it another go, and hopefully that the Jets underperformed last year should have been a playoff team, and uh, that that will entice uh, Pierre Luc Dubois to stay or. Uh, just being involved in uh, in a competitive env- environment will uh, motivate him to have a good season uh, because um, he's still an RFA at the end of, of the one-year deal and he's motivated to play for his contract. The other thing that I want to mention here is this isn't uh, this isn't a, a deal in isolation. It's not just the Winnipeg Jets and the Montreal Canadiens no, um, and dealing, and nobody else, nobody else can have a say. Nobody else can get in, involved. Um, you know, why wouldn't Carolina want Pierre Luc Dubois? Why wouldn't Edmonton or Washington or Pittsburgh or Boston or Colorado? Um, now, some of those teams, as the Canadian, the Canadians are in cap trouble. They can't just take in no. uh, Pierre Luc Dubois. They they've got to send some money out. As do Carolina, Edmonton, Washington, Pittsburgh. Um, but look at Boston and Colorado. They have they have cap space, uh, and they're certainly going to have a whole lot more cap space um, by the time the trade deadline comes around. Uh, and uh, you know why wouldn't a contender want to add a piece like Pierre Luc Dubois um, that you could have with your team for for a long time? And why wouldn't the Jets want uh, want to wait f- uh, to that point? Um, until they can maximize the trade value. I, I think I think that Kent Hughes is smart here. He's being patient. He doesn't want to overpay. Uh, and, and do the Canadians need uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois right now? No. Um, so this, this is... Uh, I don't expect that anything's going to happen right away. Um, uh, everything, Jill is right, except where it says it's simple. It's, this isn't simple. It's rather complicated, and I expect uh, that it'll, uh, we'll be talking about Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, throughout the season, uh, certainly uh, to the trade deadline. The other, uh, one other hot topic that we, we've we already kind of touched on a little bit earlier in this show is developing Habs prospects. And, uh, you know, we've said until we're blue in the face here on the Press Zone podcast, uh, even in our, our short run that we've had so far for a few months on Habs Hockey Report on our YouTube channel. Uh, but we've been saying here at Rocket Sports for years that the the development department and the development of Habs prospects has been a weakness in the organization uh, and needs attention. And so, um, you know, when Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon were both brought on and development was coming 
out of their mouths and in and and in all of their messages right from the get go. Um, I we were very excited about that, and and it's it's very good to see um, that so many staff members and coaches and so forth within the organization, new people who are brought on, uh, are all repeating that development phrase and philosophy. And so now the question is, uh, and it, this is a good one. It, this is a question in general, and Shane from Goderich, Ontario, uh, actually hit the nail right on the head when he wrote in and said, the Canadians have to fix their broken development system. How can they graduate more and better players to the NHL? And Shane, that is like the golden ticket question. <laughs> That's been the issue that the Habs have had for so many years, is that they get st- – their development just completely stagnates once that transition to the NHL um, happens. And not only does it stagnate, it stalls, and sometimes it even goes backwards. Um, and so, Rick, really, that is that is the question of of how will this new uh, this new organizational outlook and new staff that are put into place uh, how can they now ensure that there is a better transition uh, into graduating more prospects into the NHL? Well, I think the first the the first uh, step is to um, put a focus on the development. I think the uh, under Mark Bergevin, the development was just supposed to happen. That uh, we throw a player, we throw a prospect somewhere, and and it's up to them to develop. Um, you know, Mark Bergevin was famous for players make the decisions for me, um, but didn't provide the support. Uh, necessary. And the other part of it is fans are quick to blame, oh, the, the Canadians didn't draft well, it's Timmons' fault. Canadians didn't develop p- properly, it's uh, Joel Bouchard's fault. Um, but there are there are different uh, aspects uh, that the Canadians really, under Bergevin, didn't throw any resources behind. Draft, um, when you compare, uh, was actually quite good. Uh, but Mark Bergevin, uh, he, he got trade happy at the draft. We know he loved to trade picks. He loved to trade prospects. Uh, and many of them uh, were just traded away, either the picks or the prospects. Um, and, and that was a, a problem. Developing, developing does happen in, in the AHL. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you, if you bring in a coach like Joel Bouchard, who could, he fought tooth and nail with Mark Bergevin, he had no interest in development whatsoever, regardless of what you've heard or, or his, his, uh, his charming words at the microphone. He wanted to win and only win, and he wanted veterans. He had no, pl- no interest in developing players. He wanted them in and out and uh, a focus on winning. Last year, J.F. Uhl was left to his own devices, um, and so they, pri- they didn't have that many prospects. They prioritized winning and, and uh, playing, w- playing their, their veterans, their AHL veterans, and, and did well in that regard. Um, now there's a different philosophy, as, um, as Alex Burroughs said early, earlier. There, there is a development plan. There is something that's going through the organization. Um, so there's, there be better drafting, be better developing at the AHL level and the NHL level. And that transition, uh, that how do we get, how do we graduate, uh, players, uh, better? 
Um, in the past, the Canadians have had coaches, whether it's Michelle Terrian, uh, Claude Julian, who had no time for uh, young players, um, and 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 that was wrong. Martin Saint Louis seems to have a different view. We heard his view, um, ex- as expressed by Stefan Robidas, saying we're not quote we're not focusing on the results. We're looking at the intentions uh, of players. That's a big change. And I think all of that, as long as it permeates throughout the organization, uh, can help towards the development. The Canadians now are, are, uh, have the cupboards rather full as far as prospects. Now they have to support them. Um, and th- that comes with Rob Ramage, Frankie Bouillon, um, Mary Flip Plan, um, the Adam Nicholas hire for for the development and support of players and and uh, and teaching that was key too. So I think the Canadians are are trying under Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes to put a system in place. Now it just has to uh, have some results and and boy, it's tempting to move away from that. It's tempting as an AHL coach to to play your veterans you got to have real discipline and and it's going to take some discipline um a, a disciplinary approach by gorton and hughes to make sure that that's adhered through throughout the organization it's going to be exciting it's 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 kind of like you know there's there's so many prospects to get excited about for next season and and because we've seen development get burned so many times in this organization over the past decade or more it's almost like you you can't allow your it's hard to allow yourself to get too hopeful because every time there's been a promising prospect in the past most of the time it's not panned out for for one reason or another so hoping this time it's different i'm hoping that there's uh some a general reward at the end of the at the end of the tunnel here um and it could be it could turn into something very exciting for the canadians you mentioned uh salary cap a little while ago uh talking about uh the fact that um Kent Hughes can't just go out and and get somebody like Pierre Luc Dubois. He's got to he's got to free up some cap space. Talking about how how much LTIR um, and and cap uh, relief uh, they that the Vegas Golden Knights will get. Salary cap is always in a, is, is always a, a a question. And uh, we had a couple of questions from from some of our uh, listeners on this matter. Uh, first off, Russell from. Riverview, New Brunswick, uh, writing in and saying, I think this rebuild will happen quicker than people think. Lots of young talent and prospects just need some salary dumps for draft picks. Yuel Armia, Jonathan Drouin, Paul Byron, Mike Hoffman, David Savard, Jake Allen. What do you think? Russell, we think that's a good question because quite frankly, all of those names that you listed there are that should definitely be in the hat for trade potential. Well, we remember last week's episode uh, was about the uh, contract efficiency that the Canadians were last in the NHL as determined uh, by Tom uh, Dom Lecician's model, uh, his game score model uh, with The Athletic, that the Canadians were last in terms of uh, contract efficiency. Uh, and the ones who scored worst were uh, Josh Anderson, Nick Suzuki, to the to uh, the concern of many fans, 
um, Yol Armia, Mike Hoffman, Jonathan Druan, Brendan Gallagher, David Savard. Um, so, uh, you know, many of the names on this list um, from Russell, um, yes, uh, it would... One of the things that Kent Hughes said his his summer uh, uh, workload would be is is bringing cap flexibility. He hasn't done that yet. Uh, he said his backup plan was was uh, letting the year go through, expire, and then they'll have uh, a lot more cap relief in 23-24 uh, season. Uh, I think he'd rather make some progress on that. However, to do that, to trade some of these players... Um, a Mike Hoffman or a Paul Byron or especially a Jonathan Duran um, is 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 been difficult has been difficult. Uh, I we know that that some of those names have been shot by Kent Hughes this year, but let's go back to the Jeff Petrie trade. We remember the criteria that Kent Hughes so clearly put out that he won't add a sweetener. He won't add a, like, mm-hmm. take this contract and I'll give you a draft pick or a young prospect. He doesn't want to take back a burdensome contract. He doesn't want to retain dollars on the contract. Um, and he, he, in some cases, would like some kind of an asset back, whether it's a, a draft pick or young prospect. So all of that makes, you know, those demands in, in trying to clean up your cap space Make it difficult uh, to to get rid of a, a Hoffman uh, or a Jonathan Duran. Uh, David Savard on this list. I understand he's he's uh, he's got a, a D minus rated contract uh, by uh, by the Athletic, uh, but he's going to stay put. I I'm pretty sure he's staying put uh, to be one of that veteran presence uh, to help. Uh, out with the the young defenseman, but um, no, I, I you know, um, I I think Russell's got a good point here that that these are the the areas of focus in order to um, get this 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 rebuild happening uh, and moving it along. Uh, our good friend Dino from Ottawa, Ontario, uh, with a great question that um, some some people also may genuinely wonder to themselves and just not ask, and that is. What's the penalty for playing over the cap? Now, I know a, a lot of people ask this because they've heard about uh, cap penalties um, that, that apply to the, the following year. Um, and and that those have to do with bonuses, that if bonuses in the contracts take your uh, your your cap number over the maximum, then then there's a, a penalty applied the following year. Uh, but but his simple question, what's the penalty for playing over the cap? Uh, that is, you don't get to play. Um, you must be cap compliant by the drop of the puck on opening night. You, you just have to or you don't play. So a uh, pretty severe penalty. Uh, that's why teams uh, don't uh, play. And, and there are teams that... Uh, um, you know, take advantage of that 10% overage in the in the off season to uh, maneuver their roster. But uh, you must be compliant by the start of the NHL season. Uh, you just mentioned in 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 one of the uh, questions we just talked about here with salary cap. You talked about uh, the complexity of trades, uh, particularly when someone like Kent Hughes uh, has laid out all of their kind of conditions for for the you know the right environment for them to to go forward with a trade and so making trades uh is is certainly a topic of conversation the the 
the center, you know, now that Petrie and his trade is is complete, we knew that Petrie was going to probably be the the big kind of marquee trade for for Kent Hughes this summer. Um, now the focus, um, while yes, you know, the the Druans and the UL Armia or the Mike Hoffmans um, are are certainly being there's still things bubbling about that. The name that comes up the most often now is Jake Allen. Um, and and exponentially more so now that the Robin Leonard news came out uh, with Vegas now in some serious trouble in terms of their goaltending tandem. Um, I'm actually just going to quickly read through. We have three questions, but they're all related to Jake Allen. So I'm going to just read through them quickly, and then Rick, we can we can kind of talk right. about this this scenario. First, we have Rick from Fort McMurray, Alberta, who says, "I think that Jake Allen may be on the verge of being traded." Book it. Well, we hear you, Rick. We hear you. Uh, Stan from Brooksville, Maine, says Jake Allen is a good, serviceable goaltender. I wouldn't be surprised if he's dealt. We wouldn't be surprised either. We'll talk about it in just a minute. But but first, uh, Marc-Andre from Gatineau, Quebec, says, I bet you that Kent Hughes is talking with Vegas GM right now to trade Jake Allen and trade Jonathan Duran to Carolina because they lost Max Pacioretty for half a season. Well, okay. Let's let's just, I like it, Marc-Andre. We're just, let's go. All right. Um, Yeah, Rick, it's uh, Jake Allen. um, Jake Allen is certainly, I mean, the the future for Carey Price this season is still a giant question mark. Um, and so it does make things a little more difficult uh, in in trying to plan for the season when Carey Price's uh, playability and, 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 physical health is still a, a question mark and not yet answered. Um, but Jake Allen certainly could be a solution for someone who is looking for a goaltender. Yes, uh, for sure. And and we talked about uh, Vegas um, and Mark Andre says, uh, you know, there's got to be conversations with Vegas. Um, it, it's, it's, it's certainly possible. And, and we've heard that uh, teams, unidentified teams, have made overtures about Jake Allen this summer, including uh, rather recently. Uh, Jake Allen is a, is, a, is a fan favorite. He's a good guy. We talked last week about the charity work that he's uh, mm-hmm. done uh, in New Brunswick um, and, uh, and has done for many years. Um, is Jake Allen is not, um, you know, we're not saying anything out of school or negative. He's just not a number one goaltender anymore. That was determined in St. Louis. He lost his, his starting role, uh, to Bennington and, 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 but he's, I, I think a good serviceable backup. Uh, what, what Stan said is absolutely right. He's a, he's a reliable backup as long as he's not playing too much. Uh, we talked, we talked about Dom Ducharme's comments last week about, uh, Jake Allen was being overplayed by Dom Ducharme. Um, <laughs> and, and he's just not, he's, he's not, uh, in the mind space, his his body can uh, can't deal with it anymore. Being a number one goaltender, and he, he doesn't deliver, he isn't able to deliver his best performances. So, if there's someone out there who's offering the moon for Jake Allen, do you jump on it? Absolutely. Um, however, the 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 push and pull of this is that Kent Hughes. They still want to. Um, they still want to ice a competitive team. 
um, and have a kind of a competitive environment. They're going to be out of the playoffs. They're going to be near the bottom of the schedule, uh, but but uh, they want a competitive team. Do we remember uh, what this team was like um, under Dom Ducharme and, and how discouraged everybody was and the morale and, and how it was just uh, fans were upset, players were upset. Uh, it was just a terrible place to be. So... Um, I, I, unless, um, unless he gets an offer that just completely blows him away, I don't, I don't, I, I see him wanting to hold on to, uh, Jake Allen and, and yes, there's Montembeau is there, not an NHL goaltender, uh, but can be a good, uh, fill in, um, for a team at the bottom of the standings, Carey Price unknown what his injury situation, how many games he's going to be able to play. Um, so I think that Kent Hughes and probably Marty St. Louis are comfortable with that arrangement for the season. Taking Jake Allen out of that mix, boy, you better be getting something pretty impressive back uh, if if uh, if you're going to trade him. And and I I appreciate that you left out the Caden Primo component because it's been said until everyone is blue in the face, including Caden Primo's tandem partner Kevin Poulin, that. Caden Primo should not even be a consideration for the NHL this year. He needs to build on what he did in the postseason for Laval last year and spend the season concentrating on dominating the AHL. Um, The only relevant thing I'll say here about Primo is that he is one of the reasons Ken Hughes needs to clear cap space because they haven't re-signed him yet. Uh, he is one of the he's one of the players who uh, still waiting for a contract extension. So can't do that until some 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 money is made available. Uh, so you were talking a bit about uh, probably you know how things are going to look for the Canadians this coming season. Likely not making the playoffs. Likely probably going to be in the bottom quarter of the standings this year. I would guess. Um, and that's okay as far as as long as there is some solid development happening and and getting uh, young prospects ready to be competitive contenders uh, in future years. All of that is great. But of course, it brings us to predictions for the 22-23 season. Uh, and Perry from Mount Pearl, Newfoundland says, I wonder if the Habs will hold their title of worst in the league to have the best chance of winning the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. And um, Rick, I actually had a, a, a viewer on our All Habs channel who, who alluded to something similar to this a couple of weeks ago in, in one of the questions I had asked on that show. Um, and I'll say now what I said in response then as well, and and it kind of goes right along with what you were just talking about in in terms of watching the kind of environment that these players are in this year. Uh, sure, Connor Bedard is a is quite a shiny, dangly object to want to to want to be in the contention and in the running to uh, to get your hands on come next draft. But you can't put. You know, it was one thing for last year's team to go through what they did under Dom Ducharme and the absolute despair and agony and anger and frustrations and and confidence getting stripped and all of those types of things. A, you don't want to do that two years in a row. And B, that's not a healthy environment for prospects to learn in. And so uh, while I do think that they're going to be in the in the bottom quarter of the standings, for my opinion, I don't. I don't think that they're going to be. I don't think they're they're going to come in last place again. But what do you think? 
Boy, that's tempting, though. Boy, that's that's tempting. I know. I Uh, Connor Bedard is, you know, we talked about there not being a generational player in the 2022 uh, draft. He's a generational, he's a transformative player. And boy, the, you can understand why fans uh, are just salivating at the prospect that he may be, uh, you know, within reach uh, of the Canadians uh, draft in 2023. Uh, So, uh, you know, Perry, I understand Perry from Mount Pearl, Mount Pearl, favorite place. uh, One of my favorite persons in hockey, Brian Rogers, Rog in uh, the pride of Mount Pearl. Um, and former broadcaster of, of uh, the St. John's Ice Caps. Um, I, I think that the Canadians, I, I think the problem will be solved for them. I honestly think mm. that the problem will be solved for them. Ha- has anybody noticed what's going on in Chicago? Mm. Uh, the giant sell-off. Uh, I think the Hawks will be terrible. Um, and and I think just the the, the morale um, and, and when it gets to the trade deadline is, is one of their other big pieces, um, is Kane, uh, tapes going to be moved at the, I don't know, but even the hits that they've taken already, um, to bring it, bring it, Kirby doc, uh, th- there's, there's the mood at now that, that the only saving grace for Chicago is Luke Richardson because mm-hmm. the team will want to be playing for him. Um, but I think Chicago is going to be bad. I think the Arizona Coyotes are going to be real bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and playing in a 5,000-seat arena is not going to inspire a lot of uh, their players. Um, so I think there are teams that are going to be worse than the Montreal Canadiens uh, this coming year. Um, will they be in the bottom five and eligible for the lottery? And may you know, might they win the, the lottery uh, and move up a couple of... For Possible. Sh- for yeah. sure. Uh, but I don't think, as they did this year, I don't think they're going to have the best lottery odds for the first overall pick. Um, but Perry and Mount Pearl, I fully understand, <laughs> I understand why you'd want to see that happen. <laughs> now, a different kind of question. And, uh, you know, Rick, I, I, I remember a couple of weeks ago on the show that you mentioned that uh, in the in the month of July, uh, suddenly your listenership from Slovakia went through the roof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can't imagine why that would be with the uh, with the drafting of two pretty prominent names uh, this year, um, and uh, I I echoed that on Habs Hockey Report on YouTube as well. In the month of July, Slovakia catapulted to uh, the second highest viewership uh, of a country for our YouTube channel as well. And uh, this this year we have. Uh, from Lukas from Lucenitz, Slovakia, writing in and saying, Hello, let me introduce myself. I am an enthusiastic fan of the Montreal Canadiens. We are very happy for Juraj Slavkovsky as number one pick at draft. And his question is, will he be the best rookie this season? I think he will. Well, why not? He's won everything <laughs> else. I know. Come and on. if you're a Slovakian, why wouldn't you say, yes, he'll be the best yeah. uh, rookie this season? But um, we remember that uh, Cole Caulfield was the odds-on favorite by everybody um, uh, to be the to, to be the uh, Calder Trophy winner this past season. And, and unfortunately, that... Um, uh, didn't come to pass, and and I wouldn't want that uh, that pressure on um, on Slavkovsky. I don't I don't think that he's going to be used in that way. Um, I I think 
there's going to be a fair amount of, of well, who knows? Um, his, you know, his club play uh, was um, was a little subpar, but he, he uh, flourished on the, on the big stage, and um, and and you know, he has some flaws in his game. Uh, how will that translate to the NHL level? Will he see any time in the AHL? I think again um, that in in his case it will be decided for him because, again, he's not the only player. Uh, Owen Power, um, I, I think, has got the best chance of being the Calder Trophy, the number one pick in 2021. Um, Matty Beneers in Seattle um, might have a, a good chance. Or as you've been watching uh, Team Canada in the World Juniors, there's been a name, uh, the name of Mason McTavish mm-hmm. with his six-point game against Slovakia, uh, he will get some consideration as well. So um, I, I think it's it's great to be hopeful and never bet against Slavkovsky because uh, he's he's on a roll this season. Um, and he's going to be fun to watch. And he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And 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 it's fun to be able to interact uh, with Lucas and and all the other Slovakian uh, fans who have joined us. Uh, recently for not only Yuri um, Slavkovsky, but uh, Philippe Machar. Absolutely. Welcome. Tell your friends and family. Mm-hmm. Bring the Slovenska. We love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next question we have, uh, our last two two questions, two completely different kinds of topics, but kind of fun ones. Um, for I've been holding this one until you joined us on the show. Well, I appreciate that. Um I don't think Michael would like to answer this question. <laughs> Since it's a question from Rebecca in Syracuse, New York, um, with uh, my name on it, actually, mm. says, Amy, how did you become a sports reporter? And what advice do you have for someone thinking of making it a career? Well, Rebecca, thank you very much. I appreciate the question. Um, and, you know, sports journalism is, I mean, sports journalism is fun. Let's, let's. Let's not mince words. Sports journalism is fun. Sports journalism is also grueling. It's cutthroat and it's a lot of work. So it's a great question. Uh, I'll, it's a two-part question, so I'll, ma- I'll give this a two-part answer. Uh, how did I become a sports reporter? Uh, I went to university originally, uh, got a bachelor's degree uh, in, at the time, a degree that was called telecommunications. No, that's not how to be a telephone operator. Uh, telecommunications at my university was... Uh, radio and video and television production, uh, and so I have a, a bachelor's or a bachelor of science in in that. Uh, went on and did an internship at a local uh, PBS television station uh, during my university uh, career. It was part of my university requirement. Learned a ton at my internship, um, where we launched a weekly long format news magazine program. Uh, after graduation, I stayed on with that station as a part-time production assistant, uh, working on the set and out on shoots. And during the course of me being a production assistant, I was eventually offered a position to become, um, for that show that I was helping out behind the scenes, I was offered the position to become a reporter producer uh, for that show. And so I spent close to five years uh, working as an on-air reporter and producer for uh, this long-format news magazine program, um, producing two five-plus-minute features uh, per week, and um, did that, as I said, for almost five years, about four and a half years, 
and then left that business um, because commercial news wasn't really kind of, you know, wasn't my passion per se. Uh, I enjoyed a lot. I learned a ton um, and just kind of soaked everything in from that experience that I could uh, and then went on to to start my own uh voice acting and voiceover uh, freelance business. And then um, once Twitter kind of became very popular in the late aughts, like 2009, uh, and hockey Twitter was just in its inklings. Uh, and I met uh, Rick and and the the very beginnings, he had the very beginnings, a small little crew for, for Rocket Sports in the beginning. And I got um, involved with helping out uh, with some different things as far as fan events and and um, helping with draft events and our our Habs tweet up events that we used to have and and so on and so forth and then um, decided to take my experience uh, my former experience being a, a television reporter and translate that into um, my love of hockey as well and uh, have been a, a credentialed sports journalist for Rocket Sports Media uh, since two thousand. 15 was the first year that I did that. So for almost nine years now. Um, So that's how I became a sports reporter. My advice for someone who wants to make it a career is first, um, no matter who you are, no matter what your background is, uh, no matter how old you are, whether you're a teenager, whether you're in university or whether you're in your 40s or 50s, if getting into sports journalism is something that you want, get some education. That doesn't necessarily mean having to go to a four-year university to do that and get a bachelor's degree, but take some classes, uh, take some basic journalism classes, take some basic writing skills classes. Um, just g- get a little bit of background in in the ins and outs and the 101s of being a journalist and what that means um, and, and work on your writing skills. Um, beyond that, I have kind of like a, a five five-prong Here's what you should be prepared to do. Um, be prepared to work hard because, as I said, it's a gruel, it's a it's a grueling industry to work in. Uh, you're gonna work hard, you're gonna work long hours, you're gonna work late at night, you're gonna work nights and weekends and holidays. Just be prepared for that. Um, because sports is a prime time entertainment activity. So that means that those types of things happen at nights, on weekends, and on holidays. Uh, so be prepared to work hard and and do a lot of work. Be prepared to be patient. Um, unlike a lot of people that think, okay, well, I've got my four-year degree or I've had my own little sports blog that I've run for the last two or three years, so I guess I can just go apply to work for uh, the media department and for an NHL team. It just doesn't work that way. And just like players, coaches, staff, um, all of those types of things, you have to gain experience. And so you're going to need to be patient and start at, at the local level. Um, and, 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 you know, maybe that means you're taking an unpaid internship or a volunteer position with your local, uh, you know, midget bantam, you know, triple A team or your, your local high school team, or, uh, you know, if there's a, a local college that has maybe a youth sports, uh, team, something like that. Uh, start and just get your foot in somewhere. And even if you have to just do it a few, you know, 10 hours a week or something like that in your free time as a volunteer basis and just absorb everything. And that's my next thing is be prepared to be open to learning. Um, Go in into any situation for sports journalism with the attitude that you have a lot to learn. Even if you think you know it all already, that's 
you know, if you think you know a lot already, you're just be open to learning and be open to constructive criticism on how to better better yourself and better your craft. Uh, to that extent, be self-motivating. No one is going to give you the initiative that you need. So you need to be able to be self-motivating and say, okay, um, I have an internship or a, a part-time job where all I do really is print out and staple and distribute the media packets in the press box every night. And I go out for the community events with with my local team and I help them set up the information booth at a at a fan fest or something. That doesn't stop you from going home after every game and writing up a, a story on your own just to practice your craft and build your own portfolio. Be self-motivating. Ask people, what else can I do? Oh, does the sales department need some help? Sure. Uh, does does the game entertainment and game production team need some help uh, You know, after the game or before the game? Sure, I'll do that too. Anything that you can do to just absorb like a sponge more things to learn about how the business of hockey works is just going to help you grow and understand the sport even more. And I'll say fifth and foremost, be prepared to be versatile. Um, whether it's working in different departments before you actually get your foot in the door for a, for a media job, um, or be versatile in terms of, do you want to be a print journalist? Do you want to be a podcast journalist or a radio journalist? Do you want to be a television journalist? Uh, do you want to be a social media content creator for, for sports media? The best answer is to be good at all of those things and be versatile. And that way, whether it's a news outlet, whether it's a newspaper, whether it's an online publication, whether it's an actual hockey team at some level or a league, um, if they see that you're versatile and they can use you in different ways, then that's just going to benefit you down the road. And I'm going to get off my soapbox now because I know that was a very long answer. But well, she obviously asked the right the right question to the right person. <laughs> it's something I, I'm very you know I'm I'm passionate about sports journalism and and you will not unless someone specifically asks me the question about women in sports media. Uh, you will notice I didn't talk about women in sports media in that answer because I don't view I don't even view myself as I'm a woman that works in sports media. I just. I'm just a sports journalist. And so no matter your age, no matter your gender, no matter your race, no matter your financial status, no matter your background, uh, no matter what, those are the basic tenets of sports journalism. It's a it's a very hard industry, um, but it can also be a very rewarding one as well. Um, and my only other point of advice is just always remember to leave your fandom at the door. <laughs> No cheering in the press box. No cheering in the press box. And uh, yeah, we love to answer questions about um, people who aspire to work in sports media. And we're going to talk a bit in the next segment about how uh, you could actually join us here at Rocket Sports if it's something that you have seriously want to pursue as well. For sure. We have a curious bunch. We do. And Mark from Burlington, Ontario, has uh, a tremendous question to wrap up this segment. He says, we know that you guys travel all over to cover the Habs and their prospects. What's the best? This is a question that's right in right to my heart. Food. Food. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best press box meal you've ever had? Wow. Well, listen. So let me ask, are we are we talking NHL press box meals no, or, we're talking, or, a, or just and, yeah, in general? Yeah, he says what's the best press box? Any any meal you've ever had. Okay. And and we yes, we've we've been in um NHL arenas, we've been in um 
AHL, AHL, ECHL, uh, NCAA. Um, we've been in a lot of arenas and, and really it's, it's, it's soup to nuts, right? <laughs> you know, that phrase. Literally. Um, yeah, the, the Bell Center, uh, the, the, the feature item there, everybody always talks about the hot dogs and, and just not my thing, but, um, you can, I mean, yes, this is when we're talking about being a sports journalist, I guess this would be considered a, a perk where in the most, in, in most arenas, uh, the, the food is provided uh, as it is for players and staff and whatnot is provided free. So there's, there's a place. Um, now I won't mention it. <laughs> the yeah, there's a place in the much. AA on the, it, the <laughs> AHL circuit. There are NHL clubs that do charge for their media meal, but um, the AHL typically is it's complimentary except for one place in the Eastern conference. And, and listen, there's um, the, the perks, the glamorous uh, aspect of this. You get some places you get chicken fingers and fries. Some places you get cold pizza uh, that's brought in from the outside. <laughs> yeah, it's- um, some places. Um, and if you don't get there early, there's no napkins or cutlery. Uh, bring your own. Um so, Even if you're there on time, there's no napkins well, that's, or yeah, that's, at, at, at one particular yeah, that's place. True. That's true. That's true. That's I true. have, when going to that particular place, I have been known to pack plastic utensils <laughs> in my laptop bag so that I knew that I would be able to eat dinner with something other than my hands. We'll remain nameless at mm-hmm. this point. Um, in addition to the media meals, um, and and there's chocolate, the, 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 the desserts as well. Uh, Pete Mahovlich, a scout, uh, just loves going to Hershey because all of the chocolate and and chocolate things uh, that they have in Hershey. Well, um, I, I actually, for me, Hershey, on the AHL circuit, at least in the Eastern Conference, Hershey is my favorite. Um, I, I'm gonna, I'm just going to go ahead and a say A nice it. hot meal, and it, it's always different. It's, it's a always buffet. Different. Yeah, yeah. It's a buffet. They have a salad bar, and they have a hot food buffet. They have an extensive dessert table. Yes. Cakes, Lots of cookies, pies, you name it. Muffins, yeah. Muffins. Um, they always have also a separate just hot dog machine. You can have all the hot dogs you want um, as well. They have a full stock of arena, boxed arena popcorn in the corner. You always make sure that you grab a box of popcorn on your way out. Um, or, yeah, Hershey does it. Hershey Park Entertainment does it. Very nicely. Well, and you mentioned snacks. Snacks sometimes are are um, snacks are different. pretty extravagant. Up in the press box. Yes. Uh, in the press box. Yeah. The uh, in Philadelphia or in Buffalo, the the popcorn, the the, pretz- the hot pretzels, the um, the star. You like the candy section. Um, the Wells Fargo Center. Yeah, they're up in the press box. They have they have the hot. They have the soft pretzels. They have. Um, chips i think they have hot dogs as well but they have a whole like candy buffet so you can have all of the m&ms skittles starburst swedish fish uh <laughs> that you want and yeah russ cohen we're thinking of you russ yeah. cohen with his swedish fish absolutely uh sportsology on twitter yeah um i also have to say i've um i got to go to PPG Paints Arena in Pittsburgh for the USA All-American Prospects game back in, I think, 2015 or 16. Uh, Anyone who knows me knows that arena nachos are my weakness, and Pittsburgh has them in the freaking press box. And uh, two nights covering the All-American Prospects game was, I ate 
more double my weight in nachos. Well, talking about Amer- American-based <laughs> prospects, uh, NCAA, any NCAA event, the spread that they put out is uh, yeah. unbelievable, and and they would be an honorable mention in this in this search for, um, as Mark asked the best press box meal. There are many of our listeners who absolutely adore Chipotle when they're in the United States. Um, Penn State will cater Chipotle. So yeah. um, Yeah. They've um, had pretty good barbecue. They've had, I mean, it's, it's really um, high class, first class uh, organization. And the, the, the press meal is, is pretty amazing. But there is only one winner in this, and and um, w- you and I were both very very fortunate to to be at this event and and be there and partake in in such a incredible event itself. First of all, and then the the press box was amazing, and and the the press meal was like I've never seen before. Uh, yeah, like I've never seen before either, because I didn't. You didn't because this is your. Absolute. When I saw this question pop up, I was, well, I absolutely know what Rick's favorite press box meal is going to be. However, I cannot say the same. Mine is poor, lowly Hershey, Pennsylvania, because I didn't get to partake in this press meal. I was taunted with photos of it via text message while I was freezing my butt off. Yes, we're talking well, about the up, Buffalo yeah. Bills Stadium. Uh, 2017. Yeah, it was the 2018 uh, World yeah. Junior. Um, but it was an outdoor game on right. December 29th, 2017, <laughs> in Orchard Park, uh, the the Buffalo Bills Stadium. Um, it was uh, 44,000 people in that stadium. U.S. Um, can U.S. is U.S. versus U.S. Canada. versus Canada couldn't have got any better. Yeah, we're 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 in the midst of the World Juniors. That was a, a very different World Junior mm-hmm. then. Uh, and it was, I think, uh, at game time, the um, temperature was minus nine. Uh, uh, you know, not a bad uh, minus nine Celsius. Um, uh, as it, as the game wore on, it, it dropped to minus 12, and a, and a blizzard rolled uh, but in, but yes, just an absolute dumping of, of dozens of inches of snow. It was the snow just would not stop. And to clarify here. So Rick is up in the press box in this NFL stadium. Why was I not up there as well? Well, I also do still photography for Rocket Sports. So I was sitting on the glass out in the middle of the football field (laughs) with eight inches of snow piling up on my head and I couldn't feel anything from my knees down any further. And Rick so kindly was texting me, oh, look what they just rolled out now on the... The press box uh, in in Buffalo um, is behind glass. um, Comfortable shirt sleeves. Yeah, yeah, it was beautiful. (laughs) And uh, at intermission, they rolled out this spread. um, And I was sitting next to some uh, Buffalo reporters who said that uh, it was a little disappointing for uh, what they usually get. Uh, But an NFL press meal is like you've never seen before. And they had pasta stations and they had roast beef stations and they had pulled pork stations and they had dessert stations and they had everything. It was, it was a gourmet meal. It was unbelievable. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and hands down, hands down uh, the best press meal I've ever had. And, and 
Um, I, I'm I'm really sorry you didn't get to to. I had forgotten that 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 you weren't up in the press box for that event. You did not forget. <laughs> you didn't. I but I. As much as I envied you for a your warmth and the fact that you were dry and the incredible meal you were eating, um, I I wouldn't trade that experience uh, for anything. Uh, it was a it was a it's one of those things you wear with a badge of honor that you you lived through it. Um, being on the glass for a, a game that that was that stadium was packed to the gills, um, you know it was it was loud. It was. Uh, being right there on the glass and being able to really feel like you're part of that game. Uh, I mean, you, Brady Kachuk was in that game. Ryan Paling was in that game. Ryan Lindgren was in that game. Boris Kachuk. Boris Kachuk was in that game. And, I mean, and despite the conditions, it was a terrific game. Terrific game. Um, um, the USB can a four three in the sh- in a shootout. Um, and, and how those guys, um, were able to maneuver in that heavy snow is, is, is insane. It it was, it was a tremendous game, uh, and a tremendous experience. It was. And so, although I was jealous of the press meal and the warmth, um, I survived it. I got through it. It was, uh, it was an experience unlike any other, uh, and, and certainly one I'll never forget. So. I, I so thanks Mark for yes, for <laughs> yes and and it's just good for for Mark to allow us to remember that Rick owes me a gigantic buffet <laughs> spread at some point all right so I haven't forgotten <laughs> all right well those were some great questions so many different kinds of topics and you know this is something we like to do pretty pretty frequently um you know, every now and again. So if you have questions and comments about anything hockey related, uh, Habs related throughout the season, just remember to hit us up on the text line 5853ROCKET. Send us uh, an email at info at allhabs.net or even just drop a comment on the Facebook page or on Twitter. uh, And and we'll kind of Put those away into the All Habs mailbag and then and then uh, again, you know, sometime not in the f- too far distant future, uh, we'll open up the mailbag again and take out some of your best questions and and do that again. It's that was a very fun segment and we always enjoy. Um, we, we like that people are inquisitive and curious and and are thinking about all aspects of the game. Uh, And we like to be able to react and answer those. Lots of fun. Uh, Okay. Well, we're going to take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Up next, uh, we're going to give you a question of the week to consider and leave your comments about. uh, And as well, get you caught up with uh, some other things going on here at Rocket Sports. And as we mentioned, how you can get involved with us. So stay with us. You're listening to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. 
a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And welcome back to episode 204 of the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Don't forget, you can follow us at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, as well as visit our website and bookmark it at CanadiansConnection.com. Subscribe to the podcast. And as we just mentioned, hey, text us anytime. Questions, comments, feedback, you name it. Uh, Rocket Sports text line is always open at 5853-ROCKET. Uh, here in this segment, uh, got a couple of uh, great things to get you caught up on. First and foremost, of course, we want to make sure that you didn't miss any of our content across all of our platforms this past week. We mentioned in the first segment uh, to be sure to bookmark and visit allhabs.net often uh, for Chris's Habs notepad that comes out weekly, Habs headlines, posts. Before you know it, there's going to be game previews and game recaps happening there mm-hmm. as well. So so get it bookmarked. Uh, as well, uh, on our YouTube channel, be sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit the notification bell so that you're uh, made aware every time we post a new video. Uh, that's at youtube.com slash allhabs. Uh, every Thursday, I host the Habs Hockey Report there on YouTube. Um talking about all the latest Habs and Laval Rocket news, sometimes uh, with exclusive interviews as well with uh, some of the Habs prospects. Um, lots of fan interaction as well. Uh, this past week's episode uh, is is a World Juniors update, so a little bit of everything, uh, some news and so forth, and then uh, some great interaction with the fans, as well as, don't forget, uh, you still have time. We've extended the deadline a little bit. You still have time to get in your video submissions. Uh, I put out a call to fans uh, on last week's episode for Fan Appreciation Month uh, to send in your videos of your Habs collection of jerseys or gear or hockey cards, pucks, your 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 the way you have your your family room decorated. If you're you know have it all decked out like a like a hockey viewing room, that kind of thing. Uh, all of the details on how to submit your videos to be featured and shown on an upcoming episode this month of Habs Hockey Report on our YouTube channel are in last week's episode. So be sure you check that out as well. Uh, and on, uh, as we've mentioned, of course, be sure you subscribe to this podcast and our sister podcast on AHLReport.com, The Press Zone, uh, at thepresszone.fm. 
we will, uh, Rick and I will be coming to you again on Tuesday with probably a, a, a another World Juniors update uh, because we'll be getting pretty close to figuring out what the matchups for quarterfinals are going to look like uh, and, and any additional prospect news. So you want to be sure to check that out on Tuesday. I just want to emphasize the fact of subscribing. We have uh, lots and lots of of new listeners. Um, so we want you to subscribe to the Canadians Connection in the player that you're listening uh, to this, in in the podcast app that you um, love to use. Uh, subscribe uh, so that you don't miss any of our content. The, the listenership, uh, we told you last week, uh, through July and early August, we've, we've been setting uh, records for the Canadians Connection. We're one of the top podcasts, hockey podcasts in Canada uh, over the summer. Uh, so you want to make sure to subscribe. And so when the season starts, uh, we'll have all kinds of information for you. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's also, we talked about in the last segment, uh, that you could have an opportunity to join the Rocket Sports team. If you if if sports journalism is your thing, um, then you want to be sure to get experience wherever you can. And it's something, you know, it's one of the, the core foundations of our mission here at Rocket Sports Media is providing an avenue and a vehicle for uh, aspiring journalists to kind of get their feet wet and hone their craft a little bit, uh, learn from... Uh, some industry, uh, you know, veterans and and professionals, and and also have fun at the same time, and just join a great team that's that's got a lot of fun. Um, so, Rick, now is the time if people want to start thinking about whether or not that's something that they're interested in doing for this upcoming season. Now is the time to reach out to us. If you go to allhabs.net, allhabs, all one word, allhabs.net. Um, there is a join our team tab right at the top of the page. And, uh, and there's a couple of questions for you there, uh, to let us know who you are. Um, and, and what we're looking for is, is talented folks, motivated folks, committed folks. Uh, cause, cause we like to, we, we like to enjoy ourselves when we have a terrific team that, that all gets along. Um, and, and you may be, uh, um, a student who's looking to gain experience. You may be a young professional who's graduated and, and finds they, you need need more experience, or you just might be um, an experienced hockey mind looking to share your um, expertise and your ideas. Um, and, and listen, there's, there's all kinds of fan blogs, hockey blogs that, that pop up and go away. And as we said, we've been around for more than a dozen years. Uh, we're the Montreal Canadiens, uh, 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 both broadcast and, and website that you can trust. Uh, we're independent, fully independent, uh, but we act professionally and, and we try to give valuable experience from, as you said, industry leaders. You talked about your experience uh, and uh, your ability to, to train some of our young uh, um, writers or podcasters. Um, and, and that, that goes a long way because we've, our alumni list is, uh, the folks that have graduated from rocket sports over the last dozen or years or so, um, have gone on to, to, uh, positions in the media. Um, and as John Liu had, had said, if you work for rocket sports, we know who you are. Um, and, uh, so we want to give you an opportunity to join our team. Uh, again, go to allhabs.net. 
join our team tab and uh, submit your application. And of course, that that means, yes, if you're looking to be a writer, um, then allhabs.net, of course, is looking for staff writers. Uh, and, and you might do all sorts of tasks there. You know, you might file some game reports, you might uh, publish press releases, you might uh, gather and and write up some news headlines, things of that nature. But in addition to writers, uh, sports journalism isn't limited to just sports writers. Uh, keep in mind if if you're someone who uh, is is into um, editing in terms of you know publication editing, uh, graphic designers, um, podcast producers, social media specialists, online community managers. You know if you love. If you love talking with people on Facebook, um, we, you know, and and would like to manage an allhabs.com, uh, an allhabs.net uh, community on on Facebook, we'd love to we'd love to talk to you as well. So lots of different ways that you can get involved in sports media if writing isn't your forte, but even even if writing is something that you want to do. So just go to that join our team page on allhabs.net and submit an application. And and uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you and chat with you about uh, finding a way to make uh, to make a good fit. Um, our Canadians Connection question of the week this week, uh, feel free to drop us the answer to this on our text line, 5853ROCKET, or on, on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, the question of the week is, will Kent Hughes trade Jake Allen before the start of the season? We talked about this, Rick. We talked about this plenty in this episode, but now we want to hear from all of our listeners if they think Jake Allen will be on the trading block before the season begins. Well, this question was uh, driven by you. This, this is what uh, uh, our All Habs community uh, on Facebook in particular, facebook.com slash All Habs. Uh, that's what uh, our, our community's more than 50,000 Habs fans uh, have liked that page and, and participate. And that's what uh, our community is talking about. Uh, will the Canadians trade Jake Allen? And uh, so we want to hear from all of you, your opinion on uh, that question. Habs prospects still on the hockey calendar this coming week. Team Canada playing, uh, facing off against Team Czechia. J- uh, so Jan Mishak playing against uh, Joshua Wall and possibly Riley Kidney uh, Saturday night. Uh, and then, of course, uh, two days later, Can- Canada will be playing Finland. So again, the Canadian... Team Canada prospects uh, facing off against Kapanen and Nurmi. So be sure to check those out. Lots of exciting hockey as the uh, kind of the the qualifying round uh, continues. Michael Spinello will be back in the hosting chair next Saturday, August 20th for the next episode of the Canadians Connection podcast. But I do thank you all for in for for listening to this week. And and Rick, thank you for inviting me back to co-host. Great to have you here. Great discussion. Great answers to the question. Uh, Thanks so much for doing this. Always so much fun. Um, And of course, just a reminder to subscribe to the Canadians Connection on your favorite podcast app. Do us a favor and hit the share button as well and just share our podcast on your favorite social media platforms. Uh, We appreciate you listening to the Canadians Connection and we will see you again next week for another great episode of the podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens. (laughs) 